say. Okay, ladies, now let's get information. You know you that bitch when you got all this conversation. Always stay gracious, best revenge is your paper. Okay, ladies, now let's get information. I say. Okay, ladies, now let's get information. Hey everyone, welcome to Vagisteam. Um, it's Vanessa here from the Vagisteam podcast where we're always having courageous conversations about love, sex, and everything in between. Today I'm super excited because I have an amazing guest. Um, her name is Al- Alicia. <laughs> Alicia Bunyan Samson. I didn't want to trip up. Alicia Bunyan Samson, and I'm super glad that she's here with us. So introduce yourself. Tell us who you are and why are you here? Well, my name is Alicia Bunyan Samson, and I am a writer, director, editor, uh, podcast personality, Woo! and um, your favorite angry black girl. Yeah, (laughs) I love that. I love that. So we're really grateful for you taking the time to be here with us today. I reached out to Alicia because she wrote this amazing article on um, just her views on polyamory. And I feel like there's so many questions about that. And one of the reasons why I reached out to you is because um, in Vagisteam groups, We'll have women come and they identify as being in polyamorous relationships or thinking about being in polyamorous relationships. And some of the women in the group are like, wait, what? Girl, who? Mm -hmm. What are you talking about? And so I feel like sometimes there's really some people don't know where to place some of those feelings or know what polyamory is. So after I read your amazing article, which I'll link to on my website, I just thought, all right. This is what I'm going to do. I am going. Right. I'm going to reach out. <laughs> I'm going to go to the source. And so I just, I just, I'm so happy that we're here and we're having this conversation. Oh, thank you for having me. Yay. I'm so, I'm, I'm excited. So one of the, one of the first things that we do as a new guest on Vagisteam is that we talk about sex news. Are you ready for the sex news? I'm very ready for the sex news. <laughs> All right. So sex news um, for today. We got three really amazing stories. And the first one is um, a new study just came out in the Archives of Sexual Behavior um, that suggested that sex can improve your memory. Um, so basically what these researchers found is that um, they studied about 78 straight women ages 18 to 29 um, and they asked how often they had penis and vagina intercourse, vaginal intercourse, um, and they had them complete tasks that required them to memorize words and faces. And what they found was that the more sex women had, they be- the better they did on word tasks, um, and the better that their memory improved. So basically, really? the story <laughs> is trying to imply that sex is good for our brains and basically the reason why we should have more sex. So what do you think? I mean, I think sex is, of course, amazing for you. But the memory thing, I don't know about that. Because <laughs> when I have a lot of sex, like, I be forgetting shit. <laughs> like, because I'm just so overwhelmed on sex and I just want to sleep. 
So, I don't know. That's, that's quite interesting. I do think sex is good for you. And I think I read another study where it says that it keeps you alive longer. Like, Ooh. people who have a lot of sex stay alive. Oh, yes. Longer than everybody else, but... The memory thing. Maybe I have to test that out. Right. I I never. I'm with. You. I'm kind of with you. I don't really think about my memory when it comes to sex. It's just kind of like, ooh, this feels great. This was good. At the end, I'm like, whoo, that was awesome. Yeah. But I'm not really thinking through like, huh? I wonder if I remember things more, or I just I just never I just never really thought about it. I think the next time I have sex, I'll have, like, a memory game waiting afterwards <laughs> and see how good I do on it. We'll both, <laughs> Maybe. That'll really we'll test, both the test it out. We'll both, we'll both see if, um, if, it's, if, they, if it works for us. All right. babe, and I also think it's interesting that it's, like, like um, penis to vagina sex. Right. Like, is that the only sex that makes your, your memory That's the better? Thing. <laughs> That's the thing. I don't know why. And, I, and you know, I feel like, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if this is backed up by any signs, but I feel like people have a lot of oral sex. So I just would have assumed like, all right, let's go to see, let's like, let's see if oral works or I don't know. I just, I don't know why. Or like, what about sex with yourself? Like, what about masturbation? Okay. Does that count? Well, I think, uh, I think you're, you know? I, I think you are wanting to be a, a study in this, uh, um, a subject in the study. I would love to be a subject in the study. They think they, I think they should expand their research and just include a lot of different things to really test it out. Exactly. I didn't think about the the sex with yourself. I didn't think about the masturbation part. I, I, that's interesting. I don't know. Because I think that improves my memory. <laughs> oh my gosh. We'll see. We'll see. And if any of the uh, researchers are listening, Alicia is interested in being in your in your study. So, holla at Yeah, it. I'm very available. <laughs> Especially if they're offering up, like, the supplies and the men. Yes. I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, all right. So, let's do the next story. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. So you said the supplies and the okay. I'm I'm back. I'm back. All right. So, <laughs> all right. So the father of a California high school football player um, was arrested, um, and his his um, son was also arrested because um, his son was accused of sexually assaulting another high schooler. And the dad basically stepped to his son's rescue and said that, of course, his son is innocent because he's a handsome athlete. He has to fight off all the girls who want him. Um, so the boy, no, really. <laughs> the boy is a freshman um, at an all-boys Catholic school that's nationally recognized for their football program, and he plays on the freshman team. Um, the alleged survivor... Uh, was a freshman at an at the all girls school across the street, and she said that the um, assault happened on the campus. And I really loved what she said. She was like, basically, no means no. You have to understand that. She told her principal, and you know, thankfully for her, everything you know worked out as far as him being arrested and um, basically mm-hmm. some justice being done. Um, but as far as the dad goes, the dad says. He's tall, dark, handsome, 
He plays for De La Salle, which is the name of the school. There's a lot of girls that want to be with my son. When young, fast girls see something they like, they go after it. She's the one that basically chased my son down. They were just two teenagers <laughs> having sex. They were just doing it in the wrong place at the wrong time. So, um, there you go. Daddy lessons, I guess. That's a lot. <laughs> um... I always find it interesting when, you know, like, sexual violence and sexual assault comes up and, and people say that, like, well, he doesn't need to. He doesn't need to. When it's, like, that's not even, like, what rape and sexual yes. assault is about. Like, it's not sex. Yes. You know, like, it's yeah. not sex at all. Right. And they're not, like, doing it because they want to have sex. They're doing it because they, they want to abuse people, and it's about power. So that's ridiculous. Right. Let's just call it and, what it is. And really, really unfortunate. Yeah, like really unfortunate, like that that his father like feels that way. <laughs> I yeah. Why I, did he? Why was he arrested? So the father was arrested. So the father. Hold on, I'm going back to it. The father. I think he just got. I think what ended up happening was he got into it with someone at the school, and it says here that the father is a registered sex offender. Uh, following a child molestation conviction, and basically he says, just because my background is what it is, I'm not that type of individual, and neither is my son. I don't want to see my son become a victim also. Oh. His son become a victim. (laughs) Yes. So my problem with this story, I mean, with many things, is that you have, instead of you teaching your child what's actually right like no means no and listen to when somebody's talking to you and don't take advantage of people it just seems like the dad has the same like woe is me mentality and instead of saying like I need to do better as a parent or I need you know I've never had these conversations with my son or what have you he's kind of defending you know the act the it's deplorable actions of his child and it's like okay so you're not helping your son on anyway because he's already just in high school what's going to happen when he's in yeah. college and he's you know taking on the same what was me mentality and i didn't do it because of x y and z instead of owning up to what you did yeah exactly and then this idea that there's like this whole this barrage of um, like allegations, when I feel like statistically it's a percent of um, rape allegations are fake. So mm-hmm. it's like men are out here really, really raping women. Like I hate when people say that. Like after his money and after this and mm-hmm. chasing after him. No, nobody wants your son. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get it twisted. No, you're. I, I think you bring up so many great points. Like rape is not about you know just having just this uncontrollable um sexual urge that you couldn't place and it's also not about you know where you know where these things happen or who's after what this is about a it's a crime it's a violent crime mm-hmm. and i mean you know the sad part is, is that yeah not enough parents are having conversations with their children about about this topic and you know I think that's where my, my heart goes out to you know the <laughs> the boy who ne- who's clearly never going to have this conversation about consent with his with his parents but also just yeah. I don't know if he actually knew or 
you know, I think there's just so many young people walking, I mean, not even young people, adults too, because I have these conversations with adults all the time who are like, well, you shouldn't have been there. You shouldn't have put yourself in that, in that you know, type of situation. And it's like, wait, y'all know nothing about how this stuff works, huh? Yeah, honestly. Like, and I think that's the thing that should be like really talked to with kids about like consent mm-hmm. and like what that looks like and what that is. Because yeah. unfortunately, there are a lot of young men walking around who have no idea what consent is and that no actually does mean no. Yeah. Or like, not even necessarily saying no, but like, I mean, not saying anything yeah. is not permission. Right. To touch them. Right. Right. And I do applaud. I mean, the thing is, like we're saying with young people not having the conversation, I think that I think it was so amazing that um, the survivor in the situation, you know, told her principal, you know, went through the process. And her quote was, boys need to know that no means no, period, point blank, she said. So homegirl was not playing around. She was like, oh, no. I know what this is, and I'm not playing. Yeah, and good for her for that. <laughs> right, and, you know, she further says it's not okay for this to happen to anyone, and it's not okay for people like society to feel like the person that's been hurt did something wrong and should feel ashamed in the situation. So total shout-out to her for, you know, you know, and, and women, too. A lot of women I talk to don't know the parameters of consent and what's considered consent or not consent. So yeah, shout out to her for knowing as well. Yeah. And hopefully my father gets his shit together. What? So girl? Tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So our last story is um, a nail polish that's coming out in 2017 that can tell you if your drink was spiked. So this is a nail polish that was developed two years ago by four male engineering students at North Carolina State University. They said they wanted to hand the power back to women and that their product will let women know whether, they are, whether they've been spiked simply by swirling their finger in the drink. Um, if the nail polish changes color, it means that dr- drugs like Rohip, Rohypnol and Xanax and GHB is present in the drink. Um, one of the one of the investors is quoted saying that it's shifting the fear back onto the perpetrators, and it's too good of a thing not to deserve a backing and a chance. So nail polish, hmm. <laughs> roofy nail polish. So I think it can like be. I think it's a good idea, but. Like, I don't know. Because you have to put your finger in the drink. In the drink. And twirl it around. Yes. The, the, so what if I already had, like, six drinks or something, <laughs> or five drinks, um, and then I twirl my finger in there, like, am I going to really remember oh. what the fuck's going on? You know what I mean? Like, am I going to remember that this means my drink has been spiked, or am I just going to think, oh, shit, look at my nails. I'm drunk. They're difficult enough. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I think... I I think maybe it should be, like, adjusted a little bit, though, that, that, I don't know. I think it's a good idea in theory, but I think there's a lot of instances where it may not work in the way that they want it to work. I see what you're saying. I, there's, there's something about this that I can't put my finger on. It's not that I don't think, like, yeah, like you're saying, it's not that I don't think it's a good idea, it's that... I'm tired of women having to do this shit all the time. Like, we have to go through leaps and bounds to protect ourselves when, I I mean, for me, it's all about putting the blame back on the people that are committing the crimes. Like, 
you know, we got yeah, exactly like how about they don't drug women? Like, right, that? right. We gotta we gotta take the self defense class. We gotta walk in groups. We gotta walk around with our keys be- between our fingers. We gotta do all this shit, and it's like, and, and now we now it's like, oh, now I gotta put this special nail polish on just in case anybody tries to drug me. And I'm like, when when are we actually going to get to the core of the issue? Women living their damn lives is not the issue in people getting roofied or drugged. It's mm-hmm. people who are committing the crime. So it's like still like, of course, this is commendable, but it's still not targeting, you know, the, like the, the real problem. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And my thing is, what does it mean when I get the nail polish and I'm wearing it and then I get raped? Like, so is, is it my fault then because I didn't pay attention to the nail polish? Right. You know? Right. Like, it's, it's so, it's, it's a lot. It's, um, it's so much. And I understand, and I understand like that, like this, like this investor was saying, it puts the fear back on perpetrators. And I think what he's trying to say is, well, you know, this nail polish is going to be so widespread that you can't just go around roofing, roofing, I, I think I made up that word, but <laughs> roofing people whenever you want, and I, because there's a potential for you to get caught, but it's also, um, it's just, yeah, I'm just, t- I'm just tired of, like, having the onus to protect myself all the time when the onus needs to be, hey, why don't you stop coming out here and raping people? Yeah, like, um, and I don't really believe that it's going to stop men from drugging women Mm. at all. Mm. Like, I really don't think so. That's an interesting, yeah, that's an interesting take. Why, why do you think that? That it's not going to stop them? Yeah. Because, I mean, there's been so many different, you know, there's pepper spray, there's all kinds of shit, Mm -hmm. I think, out there Mm -hmm. that would be, like, these, these, to scare men off from drugging and raping women, but they do it anyway. Like, I don't think they're afraid of any sort of consequences like yeah they want to do that so they do do it exactly it's like i came out here with a mission and this is what it Mm -hmm. is like like you said before it's not about like ah i just i just got so much just want to get my sex out it's like i i i'm committing a crime and i'm taking advantage of someone and that's what i intend to do Mm -hmm. so i think good on them i guess for making it but (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. They should they should be having seminars with their their male friends. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I don't know what product I'm gonna create. I don't know what product I'll create for the rapists just yet, but I'm I'm a I'm a think of it and hopefully I'll get some investors too. Right? <laughs> Alright, Alicia, thank you so much for going through those sex news stories with me. Now I and really no want to talk. Very I I do what I can. I do what I can. Yeah. You know, I thought I'd start our conversation off right. See what you think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I want to get to uh the topic we have at hand, which is polyamory and talking about the diary of a polyamorous black girl, which I saw um, in Everyday Feminism. I thought it was an amazing, amazing article that really talked through um, your experiences with polyamory and just even your dating experiences, which I found to be so amazing. And especially the added layer of being a black woman who identifies as being polyamorous I thought that was such an interesting take as well so I really appreciate you um talking about this topic with us thank you yay 
So what what is your article about <laughs> for those who, who haven't read it? And what, what kind of inspired you to start? I think there's more, this is a series. So what inspired you to write this series um, under this diary? Well, okay. so it didn't really start out. I didn't intend on it really being like a series. Uh-huh. Um, a, a friend of mine, uh, Talia, who runs um, her collective, uh, she reached out to me to write something nice. for it because um, they were relaunching her collective. And I was actually um, kind of dealing with, I guess, coming out as being polyamorous. I've always been polyamorous, but it's kind of because I'm black. It's mm-hmm. been kind of like a like a secret mm-hmm. closet thing mm-hmm. that I've always been shamed about. And um, I met somebody and I was interested in kind of like exploring that relationship further. But I didn't want to hide polyamory anymore. So I'm just like, let me just talk about polyamory and my experiences. And um, I didn't want to make it, like, academic or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But I really wanted to examine polyamory, like, as being a black girl. So I just wrote it and submitted it to her collective. And then Everyday Feminism picked it up. And then it just turned into this thing. Yeah. So I decided to keep on writing. <laughs> but um in in the article I just talk about um how polyamory is really, really white and when I went out into the world when I was younger exploring it, like I always confronted like a lot of racism and a lot of kind of like white bodies looking at me as a black plaything. And mm-hmm. I realized that like a lot of black people don't necessarily have access to polyamorous spaces or just any type of information about polyamory. Mm. So, yeah, it was just really just me talking about my feels and stuff. <laughs> and then emails and stuff that I got from people after the article came out um, really shifted things again for me. And then I was just like, let me just make this a series and share it with the internet. Oh, so, I love it. I yeah. love it. You better um, go out here and work. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I mean, I think it's, it's the, the intersection, like, the of being a polyamorous black girl, like, it's just, it's something, something special. And um, it's definitely something that I've discovered to be very, very taboo within the black community. So I think writing these little diaries mm-hmm. is, like, super important just to bring about, like, dialogue and, like, why can't black people be polyamorous? And, like, why do y'all... Like, why is it such a problem with it? Oh man, yeah, for sure. And I and I was picking that up too. But before before we go to delve deeper, how do you define polyamory? What is polyamory, and why do you think it's so hard for people to understand? Well, so I guess like the textbook definition <laughs> of polyamory yes. would be um, many loves. Um, so you're able to engage in several different relationships um, all at the same time. Um, And for me, I kind of look at it as, as right now, I guess you could technically call me like a solo polyamorous person, so I'm just not really, well, that's complicated. Um, But I'm not really with anybody. (laughs) I'm not really with anybody right now, but I am polyamorous because that's just how I see relationships yes I don't believe that like I've always rejected the idea that one person can be my everything and I kind of like that's how I see monogamy um this idea that like 
I love you, you love me, we belong together, and we're going to give every like each other what we need for the rest of our lives. And I just don't think that's realistic. I think it's kind of like too much to ask from mm-hmm. one person. Mm-hmm. And I personally have always been able to find um, a bunch of things I love from different people. So that's how I define it. Um, and I think it's hard for people to understand because the world is, is pretty monogamous. And um, I was never, I never learned about polyamory until like college. And so I just think it's hard for people to understand because they don't know anything about it. Ooh. And that's it. Ooh. Yeah. I never thought I never thought through all of that stuff. I, I mean I'm I'm in a monogamous relationship myself. I'm married to one <laughs> to one person. And I guess I never thought about I, I do like what you said about the, you know, expecting someone to fulfill all of your needs. And I and I think the way that I would think about it is like kind of how we had not to equate the love part, but if we think about it as far as like friendships, you know, we have different mm-hmm. friends for different things, or this is my business homegirl. This is my, you know, just sit back and watch movies homegirl. This is my, I go to her about everything. And so, and you know, we don't always have that in one person. That's why we have many different friends. So maybe that's another mm-hmm. way to, I guess, for us monogamous folks who are having a problem. <laughs> understanding maybe that's the way to think through it as well yeah absolutely and a lot of times I'll, I'll find whenever I get into conversations um, about polyamory people automatically go to like sex bit of mm-hmm. it, like, well how are you how are you protected and how is this and how is this like a lot of times you know um you can be in polyamorous relationships with several different people and only be sexual with one of them or Ooh. none of them or you know what I mean it's not about that because if, if that was the case, I would just be monogamous and be a swinger, you know, because mm. that's all about sex, right? But oh. polyamory is about, like, love. Oh, my. You were just... Oh, this poetry. I, wow. Okay. I didn't think... <laughs> you're so right. I didn't think through that either. This is why you're here. Yeah. This is why you're here. And, you know, there's, there's asexual polyamorous people, you know, like, it's not about sex at all. Um, and yeah, so I, wow. I think it's interesting that people always see it through that lens. It's very like sexual, like I'm just out here having sex with everybody, group sex, and it's always gets down to sex. And I find it quite, quite interesting. <laughs> so when I, um, when I was reaching out to you and I was trying to, trying to like beef up my, my polyamory, um, knowledge, one of the things that I started thinking through is, um, is polyamory like a sexual orientation? Is it a relationship status, you would say? And I, I was reading different things on the internet. Like I was reading that there's like a group of people out there that are fighting to like, you know, put it on the LGBT spectrum as, as a sexual orientation. And then we had other people that I was reading about that were like, look, I just need you to respect this, respect that I want to be with two people and let that just be it. So how would you categorize it, I guess? Oh, I actually, I think that's very bizarre that people would want like, it to be a sexual orientation. Mm. I, do, I, think that's, I think that's a little weird. Um, that's the thing that's very weird, actually. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I think maybe just, um, 
Uh, yeah, a relationship style is how I see it. Like, cause like I like I'm pansexual. Like that's my sexual orientation. Oh. Um. Oh man. And you <laughs> throwing out you throwing you throwing out all the words. So what does what does the pansexual mean for those who don't know? Oh, uh, so pansexual just basically means I'm attracted to everybody. So that in, in, includes women, men, um, and trans people. As yes. Well. Okay. So, I was I was I just I was just trying to give I was trying to give us 100 level folks out there <laughs> just some baseline. <laughs> all right, you got it. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. So that's my sexual orientation, and um, polyamory is just like how I want my relationships what I want them to look like, how I see them. So that's very, I've never heard that, that, that people are fighting for that. Yeah, yeah, I just, very, I will. Very, bizarre. Yeah, after this, I will send you the article I was reading. There was, there's like a group of folks who were like, this needs to be included in the, um, in the, the sexual orientation spectrum. And then I was like, wait, is it? And then I had to like talk, like, you know, talk it through. Like, is it a sexual orientation or is it a lifestyle or is it j- just the, the the relationship status and then I got myself all mixed up so I was like I'll come I'll come yeah. I'll come to the expert yeah I think maybe maybe that's a thing just because I know a lot a lot of polyamorous people just feel very very like isolated I know I do sometimes mm-hmm. um but I don't think it's, it's like we're not oppressed like I don't I wouldn't go that far I that see serious. what you're saying I see what you're saying <laughs> um, that makes sense at all um and it's at the end of the day it's not a sexual orientation it's type of relationship the relationship style so definitely definitely and I think something you were just saying was about the sex part I (laughs) I feel like I mostly have conversations about polyamory I don't and I don't know why it always happens to me when I'm in DC and I'm in a cab and there's and I'll have a cab driver who you know is trying to hit on me and he's like oh I'd love to take you as you know my you know, X number wife. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's good to know. I'd love to have two husbands. I'd love to have three mm-hmm. or four husbands. And automatically, the look of horror and like, how could you say something like that always comes across. And it's like, wait, why is this okay? I mean, for me, in my experience in the conversations I've, I've had is, why is it okay for men to have these varying lovers and these different relationships? But when a woman's like, oh, well, I, I, I'd rather do the same thing too. It always, I always feel like it's this look of disgust and this, this attitude of how, how could you kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Do you, do you, do you have that experience or have you had that experience? All the time. Whenever I talk to men about um, polyamory, I feel like what they hear is polygamy, mm. <laughs> and and it's two very 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 different things. And I think a lot of men, I mean, because patriarchy, are cool with having seventeen thousand girlfriends. Yeah. Um, but the idea of their woman being, you know, penetrated by another man is just this like terrible, disgusting thing. And I really honestly believe it just boils down to like the sex thing. Like people will take it and just make it about sex. Because I think a, a man's problem with a girl um, being with more than uh, one man is really just more about her vagina and him feeling like her vagina is going to be, 
you know, used up and ruined. I actually had this conversation on Twitter, a huge argument that guy. Oh, wow. Um, he went on, he was talking about um, polyamory and saying that no man wants a woman who has been ran through. Excuse and me? And I was like, I'm like, what's that mean exactly? Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, now, if, if a woman has sex with more than, like, you know, two men at one time, um, her you know, vagina is used up and misshapen and deformed and all this. Oh, God. Oh, um, so I definitely think, like, that is, it's not as, like, pervasive, I think, as people would, would see, like, think about it, but I do think it is a problem where men will think about it as polygamy, and they're cool with that, but polyamory really messes with their, their heads, unfortunately. Uh, and it mess and I think it messes with their heads when it involves, if they're, if it's a, you know, heterosexual couple, um you know, it messes with their minds if it's thinking about, like, their... And maybe not even heterosexual, just having thinking about their partner, female partner, being with someone else. And I don't know, now that I'm talking through it, I feel like some men are like, oh, you know, if I get... If my girlfriend or whoever cheats on me with another woman, it's not as serious serious right it has to be like oh you are with another man how dare you you're tainted you know so Uh that i mean that's that's so interesting to me and it always brings me back to these cab rides because it's just like like i feel like with some men it just rolls off their tongue like oh yeah you know we could you know i could be with you you could be with me but once it comes to, I feel like the woman taking power and being like, okay, well, I'm gonna call you and I'm gonna have you on my roster too. It's like, excuse me? Yeah. Yeah, they have a problem with it. And like, those are the men you have to be weary of because it's like, you don't really want to have a polyamorous relationship at all. Mm-hmm. Like, you want to have, you know, girls that are sister wives and that's it. They just belong <laughs> to you. And like, that's cool. And that's cool for those people yeah if that's that's not what polyamory is right right so i guess for a person who's thinking about polyamory or maybe it's a couple that's thinking about you know maybe both people engaging in the in polyamorous relationships what kind of parameters or conversations do you think need to be in place first or they need to have first before exploring that i mean i think they really first need to be, like, clear about what that means for them. Because polyamory, like, looks different for everybody. Mm. You know, like, I'm somebody who, when I'm engaged in polyamorous relationships, like, I have, I guess you call it like, a hierarchy, right? So I'll have, like, a primary partner and a secondary partner and things like that. And that doesn't necessarily mean, like, one person is better than the other. Mm-hmm. But for me, I like to have those labels so I'm clear about that person's, like, place in my life. Other people don't do that. Um, they think of everybody as being like on the same level and everything's equal. So I think if you're thinking about polyamory, you need to be very clear with your partner and partners about what it looks like for you, what are the rules, what's unacceptable, what's acceptable, and then like to shape your relationship in a way that works for everybody involved. So it's when all you... about communication. Ah, yes, my favorite word. <laughs> So when you say when you say like for for I guess in your personal relationships the primary partner what does that look like for you is that the person that you know is 
I guess the, the I don't know, is that the person that's like your emergency contacts person? Like you, you the primary, or is it like, hey, you know, no matter what else or whatever happens, you're going to be my primary love. How how do you define that? Um, yeah, for me, um, I get. I guess if you, if I were to use like monogamous terms, my, like the my primary partner would be like like my husband. Mm-hmm. You know, he's the person that I'm checking in with about everything. I'm letting him know who I'm going out on on dates with. Mm-hmm. I'm talking to him about my I'm introducing my partner to him. If he sees something that I don't necessarily see in this person, you know, he could come to me about that. I'm like, hey, like. You're with this, you're dating this guy, but I'm getting this vibe, and he and I will have a conversation. So, like, he's, like, my best friend. My primary partner would be, like, my best friend. Mm-hmm. So um, we'll always check in with each other and make sure that we're comfortable with what we're doing, like, outside of the base relationship. Ah! Ah! This is... Woo! Woo! You, you're giving me a lot. You're giving me a lot. I, I'm thinking <laughs> good, through good. it. I'm thinking through. I'm thinking through all of it. So here's another thing. Here's another question that I have. So mm-hmm. when we say polyamory, I know that involves like the person that feels those feelings. But say, for instance, your primary partner can they can they be in a relationship with the secondary partner that you bring in too? So it's like everyone's in that relationship, or is it just you being in relationship with? you know, multiple people, or I mean, loving relationships, I'm sorry, with multiple people. I mean, that can happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and that would be um, called a triad. Ooh, so vocab words. <laughs> like, All right. My, my primary partner and I could be dating, you know, the same person. Um, and then we could come up with, I mean, it can look, see, polyamory can get very, there's a lot of layers to it, it can get pretty complicated. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, you know, you I could have, you know, like a triad, my primary partner and I dating the same person, and that we still have relationships outside of that that relationship. Because we could also make it, like, it would be a triad if we were all, like, dating each other. I see, I see. Um, yeah. Um, and it could be closed or open. So we could just decide that we don't want to date anybody outside of that, um, the three of us. Or we could continue to date outside of that. So yes, that could happen, but that again, that would be a conversation that we would all have to have amongst each other. This is so I don't know. <laughs> I'm sitting here with like my mouth open. I'm like, I only had a few questions, but now I'm like, I got a million questions. now all the questions are just rolling out. I think I just think this is I think this is super interesting. I think it's interesting having the conversation. Um with a woman too who's actually like in like understands it is experiencing that you know experiencing um those feelings because again like I feel like when I have had these conversations with men it's very one-sided or it's very secretive too which is what I feel from what I'm understanding about polyamory is not that's not the goal because it's not about cheating it's not about I'm just having this, I'm just having this life outside of, you know, my primary partner or what have you. It's a very open communication thing that we have to, you know, agree to. And my partners have to agree to. Yeah. And work on quite often. I think there's this idea, though, with, with polyamory that like, 
because like you're I guess free and comfortable to engage in it that like it's like this easy peasy but it's very difficult <laughs> like it's, it, it can be like very very exhausting especially unless you grew up in like the forest and your parents raised you to be like polyamorous from birth like you have monogamous tendencies and ways of thinking mm-hmm. so like, I'm remarkably jealous just like naturally mm. um <laughs> and so polyamory one of the things I love about polyamory is that like it forces me to confront what that is with me like why am I jealous like why do I feel some type of way about you know my partner being with this girl or that girl like what what is that with me what's going on with me so that's something I personally as a polyamorous person like have to work on constantly because I'll be like I want to freak out and I'll be like all right Alicia you know check yourself like what's that like where's that coming from Oh man! So, yeah, that's that's a that's a big part of it with me. And cheating can happen yes. in polyamorous relationships because all cheating is is just like a violation of the rules that you've created yes. with your partner. So if somebody's dishonest about a relationship or withholds something or whatever, like they cheated on you. Wow! So. so there's a lot of moving parts. There's so many moving parts. And I mean, I totally feel you on the jealous part because sometimes there's, even in being in a monogamous relationship, there's a twinge and you're so right confronting what that is. Is it like, oh man, I think this person's super pretty and I feel like they're a threat or is it like, no, for real, this person's trying to move in on my relationship and it makes yeah, me feel uncomfortable. Yeah. I feel like that's so real. Yeah, I constantly have to confront that. And then, like, also check myself of, like, you know, like, my partner is not, like, my property. None of my partners are my property. Mm. These are people, right? So what exactly am I upset about? And, like, what can I do to make that better? And what can my partner do to help me make that no longer an issue? Whew, you are preaching today. Yes, your partner, you're so right. Your partner is not your property. Even in, it doesn't even matter what kind of relationship that you're having. And these are conversations that I have with my monogamous um, girlfriends when if their partners are super jealous or something irrational is happening with their feelings. I'm like, you are able to go out with your friends. You are free individual you don't belong to even if you're in a relationship you don't belong to anybody you don't owe anything to anybody you are you are a free person no matter what relationship you're in you're right mm-hmm, absolutely yeah so i got i got two more questions because i i'm just gonna i'm gonna deep down i'm trying i'm like oh my gosh everything about you is so fascinating right now everything you're saying is so fascinating to me <laughs> <laughs> but you said um, in your article and also in this conversation that you um, recognized what polyamory was in college. How how did you find that out? And how did you find that out about yourself? And I guess, how did you start to explore that? I mean, I, um, yeah, well, I didn't, I found it out in college, like the official word mm-hmm. for what I've always felt. Um, and it was just some girl in my class who told me, but we were just talking about <laughs> dating and stuff. And she was just like, hey, girl, you sound polyamorous. So I was like, oh, really? Cool. Um, but when I was, like, in elementary school, like, I've always liked, like, 15 boys at a time. Like, I've always just liked a lot of people. And this whole idea of, like, you can only like one boy or just one, mm-hmm. it's, just, it's weird to me. Or And if you like more than one, like, you that's your flat or something like that like yeah. it's just it's always been that's how I've always been 
Um, and I just, the internet has really helped me <laughs> in my search. Yeah. And trying to um, understand what this is about me. And it's only really now in my late 20s that I've actually, like, become really comfortable with the idea. Like, even within my family, it's not that cool mm. <laughs> that I, I am polyamorous. Um, but it's just who I am, and I'm just, and I'm a firm believer in just, like, embrace who you are and how you feel. Like, as long as it's not hurting anybody, like, do you? Right. Um, so, I've, I, I really have no explanation for that. I feel like there's a lot more polyamorous people um, than we realize, but I think there's, like, a lot of shame about it. Mm. And people just, like, kind of tuck it underneath themselves, and they ignore. And they don't think there's, like, a really a space. To, to live in this way, especially in the black community, I think. Definitely. So, wh- yeah, I mean, what is your advice to people who might be experiencing the shame? How do you think they can work through that or some steps? I, I don't know if there's books or websites you could recommend that can help people work through that and just, you know, if that's how you feel, that's how you feel and be yourself about it or to further explore, especially like you're saying, um, you know, black people may not have access to be able to join, you know, certain spaces or be in certain spaces um, to, you know, to explore that. I mean, honestly, it's something I'm still working through Mm -hmm. myself. Mm -hmm. Um, I think definitely like being like super honest and vocal about it, like is really, really important. Like I know in, in writing these articles, I really... So many black people have just been in my email just mm. talking about it like, I thought I was the only one and Aww. I can't believe this. And so it's kind of just like crazy to me that like, I feel like maybe we need to just like build these spaces because yeah. there are like polyamorous like Facebook groups and like different like sites you can join. Yeah. But if you're like me, if you're a black or like a person of color, um, those places can be kind of like limiting because you know, especially if you're not interested in, in dating um, white bodies, you know, mm-hmm. it's super, super limited. Um, I don't know, hit me up in my email <laughs> so we can talk about it. <laughs> for sure, for sure. And you'll definitely have a chance for everyone to link to you because I think I think what you're saying is amazing. And I, I, I think even, I, I mean, I'm glad that you were open about like you saying that you're working through it too because... I think something that I saw in one of your articles was the default is monogamy. And so even mm-hmm. something that I always promote, especially among, especially among my friends that are single or, you know, it's just, Hey, don't be afraid to date and get to know yourself and get to know other people. And I think society tells us, Oh no, you're dating to be with one person or you're dating to be married to one person instead of really letting people explore different personalities and different people. And, you know, maybe like you are just great at being in relationships um, with multiple people and that's okay too. And so I think oftentimes it becomes this, this, like you're saying that fear of what are other people going to say? And then of course, everyone digs into your, into your sex life. And so, yeah, I think, I think just, doing the best you can and by just being yourself and just being open with yourself and letting yourself explore those feelings um, is really essential. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I, when you're vocal about it and you're honest about like what you need, you will eventually find your tribe. Like you will eventually find the people who see things and who live in the way that you do. Mm. So 
don't be afraid. Just be open and honest. Right. I just, I wrote an article and then it exposed me to so many different people who feel just the way I do. So, and had I not done that, I would be sitting here by myself still, like, wondering if I'm a weirdo. Right. Oh, Alicia. Woo! Goodness. (laughs) I want to have you back on. So, like, I want to have a part two. Like, I feel like we, we, like, hit the surface. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I'm always down. (laughs) But I just think, I think this is, I think, I think it's so fascinating. I know it shouldn't be like, this is fascinating because because of, you know it should be different it's just it's just it's it's just it's just a different you know something new that I feel like we're we're constantly broaching the topic of but I think it's just empowering and amazing to have a woman just call it for what it is and you know say that they're actually working through it and kind and understanding themselves and 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 just coming to terms with who they are even if you know they may not have the acceptance of family but knowing that they aren't weirdos and they're not alone yeah i'm out here just trying to do my thing hey (laughs) (laughs) so all right we are at the end i'm so sad to see you go but i definitely 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 want to like have another conversation because i think everything you said was just so on point and I really appreciate you sharing all of your points of views with us. Thank you so much for having me. Yay! Great, great, great talk. Um, all right. So where can listeners find you? Um, are there any upcoming events or work or things that we can support you in? I mean, there should be, but I'm like a creative, so I procrastinate. So it's not right now. <laughs> later so we'll be like stuff but if people like follow me on twitter that's cool then i all like update definitely um my twitter is at uh queen j samson and um i'm also available on my website um all right all right and i'll have a link to that in our show notes but thank you so much again, Alicia, for being on with us. You were amazing. And I, I'm just thankful that you took the time to talk with us today. No problem. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Awesome. So that's the that's our Steam show today, y'all. So I need you to do me a favor. If you like what you hear on Steam, you love Steam. I need you to, one, tell a friend. And then I need you to subscribe and download on iTunes and SoundCloud or wherever you listen to your podcast because that's the only way we're going to be able to spread the word and make sure that we're having these courageous conversations all the time. So go ahead, download, rate, and subscribe and tell a friend too. Hope you enjoy it. I'll see you in a couple weeks and see ya. Okay, ladies, now let's get information. I slay. Okay, ladies, now let's get information. You know you that bitch when you call out this conversation. Always stay gracious, best be vicious, your paper. Okay, ladies, now let's get information. I slay. Okay, ladies, now let's get information. You know